What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for being here. We're back in video format in living color yet again. Episode 14, 14 weeks. That's three months and change right now that we've been doing this, plus a little time off for the Kind of crazy, actually. Yeah. Kinda... That's a long ass time. <laughs> big old, big old pog, if you ask yes. me. Uh, don't know about my two co hosts, uh, Tyler Garrett and Meg K, but I'm pretty excited. It is playoffs time, baby. We took a little yes. bit of time off last week to talk a uh, little standalone stuff, a little esports uh, fashion, the stuff that. Uh, matters a little less if you care about the competitive side of things but uh no playoffs are up and in full swing and we're gonna start with the lec let's just dive right into it that last week was insane i know meg uh have you i want to ask you just as a human to human have you recovered yeah <laughs> human to human um i had to take a nap i had to have some like some saltine crackers i had to take like a good recovery <laughs> nap get my electrolytes <laughs> replenished but i'm back i'm doing it i'm okay that was a hell of a weekend, I'll say. Oh my god, dude. Watching those last games... I can't believe that it came down to the literal last day of the season to lock in the last spots for the playoffs. I know that everyone wanted to be spicy and have uh, mm -hmm. Fnatic kind of like miss playoffs, but... It would feel weird not seeing them in the playoffs, honestly. It wouldn't feel right. It would feel like seeing Mount Rushmore with one of the faces not on it. <laughs> like, it just wouldn't look correct. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think this is about where they probably deserve to be. And I think, like, you know, like starting in loser's bracket, because to your to y'all's point, starting with them not in the playoffs feels really, really rough. Uh, or, like, if they wouldn't have made it, it just doesn't feel right. You can't have that. It's like, okay, well, is it going to be, like, G2 Rogue? And it's like, okay, that's what we kind of think is going to be the finals anyway. But, like, ah, we want, like, one best of five with Fnatic. They are their institution. Mm -hmm. They've got world skins, y'all. <laughs> they have world skins. They have true, world true. skins. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah we, we like to forget about the Fnatic World skins, but they do exist. They are out there. Mm -hmm. Fnatic Jarvan, one of the worst skins in the game, in my humble opinion. Yeah, Jarvan, Karthus, I think Ezreal, Janet. Either way, doesn't matter. Let's get into the playoffs here. We've got some... Uh, the bracket has been released, and the logjam resulted in Schalke 0, 4 seed. Schalke 0, they are the 4th seed. Um, which, But, like... If you did, if I didn't know that, which honestly I didn't until this morning, uh, I would have thought they might have been the six because again it was just so crazy. And then they show up and it's like, oh, they've got to play G two in the first round. That might as well be a one six matchup. This is mm. going to be. I, I know G two have their four fun series or whatever, and in the double elimination they're you know much safer. But them getting them losing to you know Fnatic and Mad Lions last split or last year, right? That felt different than if Schalke were to pull off some shenanigans here. I just don't see that happening. It's. It's it's gonna be difficult, to say the least, for Schalke. I think that G two. Well, okay, I'll just say it right now. I think the only team that really, re really can challenge them is Rogue, and we've seen that throughout the entire season. Um, but hey, you know we've seen some shenanigans from G two before, where they that get knocked true. out of winners, right? Like imagine, imagine they. Get knocked out of winners just to eliminate Fnatic in the losers bracket. I would laugh my ass off, like just to eliminate them. No, you can't even. You can't even put the like the thought of that reality out into the world. You can't do that to me. I'm if manifesting I have to it. watch Fnatic after having had such a difficult split, and then it's like, okay, they get to go into the losers bracket. At least I won't have to get watch them get 3-0 stomped by G two. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wait. <laughs> the universe has plans <laughs> wait, for you. Wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 would take some, um, it would take some shenanigans because if G2 were to get knocked out in the first round, uh, they would go into kind of the, the round three, if you will. So Fnatic would have to beat SK, beat whoever comes out of the Rogue Mad Lions, which would be Ooh, wild. Oh, actually. Because that would eliminate Rogue mm -hmm. Slash. Yeah, that, it's kind of crazy that Rogue Slash Mad Lions could be gone um, in you know like by the middle of next week. Uh, but them's the breaks uh do we see anything out of this you know shalka g2 matchup like i think this is something that maybe it's been talked about a lot but maybe i just haven't picked up on it it does feel like something that even we talked about way way back when the g2 to reckless thing was first announced is like does this serious them up some it does feel like they've become a little less for fun with reckless it feels like they're tryharding more i don't know i'm not saying all the time but uh -huh. I, I feel like it's been more am i misreading that Mm. yeah i i mean does it even matter <laughs> yeah it's kind of difficult to say because at the end of the day i think g2 could like troll draft most games and probably still take games off like a good amount of teams in europe but or to a certain extent like they're not drafting mundo adc and still winning but like i definitely think 
I actually don't know. It kind of feels like a disservice to the rest of the team to say Reckless has brought more gravitas because I think it's kind of an unfair label that's put on G2 that they actually don't take stuff seriously because you don't get that good by not taking stuff seriously. And yeah. I think it's kind of a... It's a community narrative that people enjoy and I'm not going to be like the Debbie Downer who's like, no, everyone has to try hard all of the time. If you don't get out of my league, I don't want you here. But like, <laughs> let's just let's just rein in what we think of as like trolling because G2 don't troll and they never have. They just like know how to conserve their energy for the game. Like I spoke to Grabs earlier this split and he was like, yeah, we don't mind if we go 18-0 in the regular season, but like we're never trolling. We're just conserving our energy for the moments that it matters. We've seen this before, right? Yeah. It's like G2, they could have a like bad split by their standards, like last year. But when it comes to the playoffs, and this is something that we've said every single time that we've seen them come, is like when it comes to playoffs and they turn it on, it's over. Yeah. It's over. You're playing for second. As soon as G2 decides to turn it on, you're playing for second at that point. Um, and so I think at this point... G2, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see whether whether they want to come out of the gate turned on already, or if they, like like Meg said, if they want to, like, turn on. That sounds kind of weird. But it's just, like, <laughs> but, like, in, more so in the case of <laughs> um, are they going to try and conserve, conserve more of their strength, more yeah. of their picks, more of their, you know, you know, spicier, like, surprises for the rest of the playoffs and kind of just save them for like Schalke they probably don't need to draft anything crazy or do anything mm -hmm. too nuts they can just stay very meta focused and and simple and still beat them off of just straight strength of roster um but I think yeah. the later we see G2 turn it on the more excited I am for MSI because if mm -hmm. if you don't have to like kick into gear until like the final game of finals if you like you're against rogue and you don't feel like you have to kick it into gear and you can still beat all of those people without being fully kicked into gear then you are going to make mince me of some teams at MSI like it's going to be exciting. brutal and then we get 3-0 by a chinese team again but you know <laughs> that's fine okay. <laughs> that's uh, that that might be an everyone situation uh but True. moving on to then the rogue mad lions series that the fact that we get that as a first round matchup Mm. That feel that feels almost unfair. Now, thank goodness for the double elimination because it'd be really, really tragic to see one of those two teams go this early. Mad Lions hit a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season, uh, but then they they really resurged at the right time. I know that uh, one of our staffers is big on the Elioya for rookie of the split uh, hype train. <laughs> Pablo, and, this one's for you. And yep. if the rookie class wasn't so strong, like I mean, we knew there were going to be a lot of rookies, but there are a lot of guys that deserve a legitimate shout at this. And it's not that you know, like I don't want to do a disservice to Elioya because he has been fantastic legitimately. He's but, one of the best junglers in the yeah. league. No, I, yeah. I, I, I think he's, uh, I think he's a top five jungler, zero argument. Um, because I think his consistency has also gotten better as the split has gone on. I think, I think mm -hmm. the transition to more of a ganking jungler has been um, not super clean for him because I think he, you know, he thrived on the grazes, the Lilias, right? I mean, we talked about like that uh, when we were doing the Rising Stars piece, that Pantheon game that he decided to bust out because he just got that kind of confidence in himself as a playmaker um, and as a carry threat. But, um, no, I mean, the rest of the team, uh, they, they've started to re-gel. Um, but Rogue, they are the second best team in Europe. I don't think anyone would argue so that. So good. I so want good. To, we'll start at the top because a friend of mine sent me this. Um, with the, uh, He texted me this this morning. He said, uh, uh, he said weak side king Odo Wamne uh, with the caption, get the F off my island. Ready for this? KDA, best in the league, 7.2. CSD at 15, plus 10.6, best in the league. Uh, gold difference at 15, plus 374, best in the league. Jungle proximity, 6%, worst mm -hmm. in the league. He's completely He's on an island. He is the king of that island. He is Gilligan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You are not allowed, you have to have express permission from the king himself to set foot on the island. That's his top lane. You, like, he enters any matchup, no, it's his top lane now. It's, no, no matter what <sighs> the matchup is, he could be playing, like, I don't know. What's a st he could be playing like full AD Lux top lane, and you step into top lane. That's All his right. top lane now. <laughs> yeah, no. He, that, he, he, he doesn't team. need his Q to do damage. It's hey, just Rogue, like, if well, you need he... my drafting help at any point, then just just let me know. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Megs, you're our expert draft <laughs> draft queen here, ready to go. But yeah, no. Rogue Rogue is like one of the most altogether teams I've seen since G two. 
or like even like like in terms of like straight dominance like they are so put together at almost every single stage of the game because we've seen teams that are really really strong but they're they excel in in very specific areas but rogue i think are really good at m multiple parts of the game whether it's a really good early game they have one of the best early games in the league i believe and and, and you know moving in they know how to snowball leads and they even know how to and we saw that in the in the g2 game that they had where they know how to play from behind really well too and so again i said it's in the beginning of the podcast where i think that they have been the closest competitor to g2 and closest like contender to G2 that we've seen um and they yeah they just got better they just they just keep getting better straight up okay there's a question um do you think that this rogue is better than like immediately post caps fanatic like peak form capsless fanatic which do you think is better cuz that's been the thing right it's been like it's been Fnatic, like, Capsus Fnatic versus G2 has been, like, the matchup for the past... I can't even remember how long. Do you think this Rogue is better than that Fnatic? Do you think they have more of a chance to, like, not get 3-0'd in the finals? I think so. I think we've seen Rogue... Rogue has shown more resilience while behind, I think. Yeah. I think that when Fnatic gets behind against G2, it's kind of like a very snowball-y kind of thing that when G2 gets ahead, it's over. Like it's like one thing starts to happen after another, right? Whereas yeah. I think from what I've seen from Rogue, they are really good at what... Like it's like a G2 thing where you know how if G2 is kind of behind, for example, in kills or something, they're getting a, like another... They're getting like a tower on the other side of the map or another objective or something and they're making sure they're staying with farm and keeping the gold close like mm -hmm. th that's what rogue was able is able to do even if they're like behind or something they still find ways to find uh like to stay close with the enemy team to the point where maybe they can still take the lead with a team fight or something later down the line and so i would say that rogue is stronger than that fanatic because mm -hmm. they are able to play from a um they're able to play from behind a lot i think better than them Mm -hmm. I think barely, only because, I mean, look, G2 did still 2-0 Rogue this year. Let's not forget that. And but, but to your point, Tyler, I do think that the floor is a lot higher for this Rogue team. Like you said, they have been much more consistent. Um, but it's kind of like in, in conventional sports where you need, like, a guy who's going to go out there and just get you a win, get you a play. Because, like, also to me, like, peak capsulous fanatic was what we saw in the quarterfinal against top esports. That was when, like, everything was clicking. That was when that bottom lane, when Reckless and Hill was saying, we're just putting Jackie Love in the dumpster. Um, granted, Jackie Love and Yanja were not, they, they were they were not who they should have been. Not the games the of their years. careers, we'll say. No. But I, I don't know, just to me, they, and maybe this is still some of my, I don't know if cognitive dissonance is even the right, right phrase, but some of the remnants from last year's Rogue of they will never outright lose but if the game, like, it doesn't matter if the game goes longer and longer and longer, they will just get choked out. They can't make, like, their their key problem last year was, like, they struggled. They had all of the setup perfectly. Rogue's Dragon Control's always been, like, fairly phenomenal. Like, we saw that especially this split. They just kind of seemed to accrue dragons, like, out of thin air. But they, the thing that they struggled with last split was they couldn't make that final call. The, like, let's take everything that we have, put it in a nice, neat little package, and use that to win the game. They couldn't, like, tie the final bow on the like the game that they'd set up perfectly and they've definitely gotten better at that this year yeah and they almost managed to pull it off in the game versus g2 where i can't remember if it was the first or the second game i have a feeling it was the second where larson's azir got like a triple kill in their base while g2 were trying to end the game the yeah i think it was the second one where that was a moment where it was like the bow so nearly came together and they so nearly had a way back into that game and that like it's amazing to see how much Rogue have changed in a year, and that makes me a lot more excited for how this matchup's eventually going to go. I mean, Capsules Fanatic, they do still have a best of five over G2, whereas Rogue do not. So, uh, but again, that was also reckless, listless, listless G2. So, <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, final pr predictions on this one. Do you think 3-1 uh, Rogue? I also, I also heard a take that 3-1 is a coward's prediction. 
This was, I think it was Reckless that said that. It was on an episode of Euphoria where it's like, you don't, um, oh, what, how was it that he phrased Just, it? Like, you don't trust them do. enough to win outright, but you also mm-hmm. don't think it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I personally don't agree with that because weird shenanigans can happen in draft. Yeah. yeah. And also like, yeah, that's exactly what I think. Like, it's like, it's not, not even like a flame to Rogue. It's not that I don't, I don't trust Rogue. It's just Mad Lions are the three seed for a reason. And mm-hmm. Mad Lions are good. I, yeah, like, they're like, they good. are good. Like, I think they will take a game off Rogue, but I don't think it'll go to five. I think they'll have like the one game because again, Rogue's fundamentals are so dang good. And Mad Lions are still a very young team. They swapped out young guys for young guys. And I I think the experience of Rogue will win out. They could 3-0, but I wouldn't be shocked if Mad Lions took a game off this is going to sound like a wild tangent, but bear with me for one second. Have you guys ever heard mm. of a concept called Chekhov's gun? Heard of it, but I you're going to have to... Basically, it's a literary concept where if something appe- if a gun appears in the first chapter of a book, then that gun will be used to kill someone somewhere in the book. Now, how does mm. this relate to esports, you may wonder. Here's what I'm thinking. Yes. That roll swap game was not by accident. How, like... Obviously, we're not going to have El Yoya playing mid lane against rogue in the playoffs because i don't think mad is suicidal but <laughs> do you think there's any way in which that role swap game benefits them like do you think that there is anything that they can take from that that's not just memes or do you think it is just like yeah, it's the final game of the split we'll have some fun with it i honestly think they're just running it down the like wall. does it give them any like weird drafting advantages where it's like oh well you might whip out the kiana jungle even though it's trash i don't i don't Mm. Yeah, I, I, if, if they're going to whip out some weird stuff, I don't think it would be because of that game. I think it would be stuff mm-hmm. in, like, scrims or practices. And, I don't know, maybe I think a, a, a mental advantage might be in order that they kind of, like, were able to... They so, hover so, the, the Malphite and Rogue are like, oh, God, <laughs> not again. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was thinking, we're just, like, in the G2 vein of conserving your energy, but to a lesser extent or maybe a different degree, that, okay, it's so the last game of the split. We're not just going to keep burning out. We're going to be like, hey... Let's have some fun. Let's, regardless of kind of maybe the other implications mm. of things, which there's some yeah, behind yeah, the yeah. stuff that we don't really know about, so we're not going to talk about that because we don't know. Um, yeah. But that you have a bit of a, you've let your foot off the gas a little bit in terms of unnecessary inten- intensity. You're not spinning your wheels for its own sake. You're enjoying your accomplishments. The fact that you locked in an upper bracket seat and eventually the three seed had an extremely good split um, after a lot of people thought that this team was going to take a step back but they are still the third best team in Europe right now. They have put together consistency on a level that for every run that every one of these teams went on where Fnatic looked like the third best team, Schalke looked like the third best team, uh, you know, SK looked like the third best team, everyone looked like the third best team in Europe at some point, but Mad Lions were slowly just putting together two in one week, two in one week, two in one week, two in one week. Um, and so that that deserves some, uh, you deserve some credit for that. And I think that any sort of momentum that teams were carrying into the back half of the split, because you have a week break, I don't think will carry mm-hmm. over quite as hard. Right. Ultimately, I say 3-1-2. I think that Rogue, um, I think they're, I'm pr- pretty much echoing you, it's just their experience at the highest level is going to put them over these young guns. But I do think that these guys are talented enough to break out. I, I, like, I honestly think that like El Yoya is good like he is super good like like what other junglers are better than Yankos? inspired who else we chase self-made self-made on a good day mm-hmm. right yeah. i think razork's up there for like third or fourth yeah. best in the league yeah. i think i think so, razork on a good day and he and he's been playing a lot better as of late. actually yeah. I mean, he's kind of been consistent the whole split actually just i i think my, my perception of him is a little boom because misfits were abysmal for two-thirds of the year but and the thing is, that. is that they play, he's a huge part of why they're so successful. He has the highest kill participation percentage of any jungler this season. And so, um, if they're going to succeed, it's going to be through him. It's going to be because of him, I think. He's going to have to really, really pull like the stops out against Inspired and, and, and against that team. Um, and I, I see that team taking one game easily. And challenging they're gonna challenge rogue in a way that not a lot of i i think at least mm-hmm. they're gonna challenge rogue in a way that people won't expect but i do think that rogue's gonna win based off of pure firepower their lineup is disgusting across the board so all right well let's move it to a little spicier matchup then this one is exciting because the 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 predictions i think are going to be 
they could be all over the place. They could be 3-0, 3-1 in any direction, 3-2 in any direction. SK versus Fnatic, the 5-6 matchup we didn't know we needed. Uh, <laughs> Meg, we'll start with you. Fnatic limped into playoffs, but then again, so did SK a bit. Um, yeah. Because the rest of the league decided to go ballistic. <laughs> and Astralis oh, finished with six wins. Misfits almost almost won. SK have lost five in a row. Yeah. SK have lost five games in a row. That's kind of rough. I, and the only I reason they got in over in Misfits is because they had the two regular. Like the, the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. I want to believe in this team so badly. I really like the way that they play. I think Blue is a lot more talented. Sure, he like, had the awful game on... Was it Zoe where he got solo killed in lane like 15 times or something? <laughs> like Everyone has an off game. I think Blue's really talented. I think Genax is disgusting. Genax just does like unpleasant things on Aatrox. That is not things that should be seen by human <laughs> eyes. It's... Oh. Just but, censor like, the parts where he kills everybody. Yeah, you just have to put, like, a big black bar over the, his yeah, Aatrox big, and everybody's on the screen. The big... Yeah, exactly. Their bot lane is very, like, very consistent. That kind of sounds like a cop-out way of being like, oh, they're a bit nothing, but they're not. Like, they are a very good linchpin around which, like, the rest of the team can operate. And then, like, obviously treats is treats like playmaking extraordinaire and i don't know i i can't even say it's recency bias that i think they actually might take this off fanatic because they've been on such a big downward spiral and obviously like fanatic have made like have made it public on twitter that they're having issues behind the scenes they haven't revealed what they are yet i think yamato said he was going to make a post about it but as of us recording this we haven't heard anything we have no insider information we have no idea what's going on with fanatic clearly something's wrong because purely by the individual caliber of these players, they should probably be higher than this. But they're not. And you have to work with what you've got. And, oh god, I just don't know. I just don't know what I think of this matchup. Because there is... Both they're, teams they're have both. disappointed me. Exactly. Like, they're both going this way. They're all yep. both going down. SK is on a bad, like, losing streak. Fnatic, like, wasn't... They had to win one game this this past weekend, and they had probably one of the easiest lineups to get it in. Yeah. Right? Before even that Rogue game, they had matches against two of the... One of the... E- two of the easier matchups, like, in that entire lineup. And they lost both. And it's just like... After that second loss against, who was it again? Misfits. Um, misfits. misfits. Yeah. Like, after the Misfits game, it's just like... That Misfits game was not good. That, like, that did not paint Fnatic in particularly glowing colors. Because Misfits have not been playing very well. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you, you look at this team and think to yourself, on paper, it's like, they've got enough talent to be a top four team in the LEC. They should. Um, oh, yeah. But, it's come down to, and we don't know, again, what's happening behind the scenes that has really affected them in the last couple of weeks. But if it's that drastic to have them lose to teams like this in situations where it matters, it might be a rough playoff set for them. And I'm not saying it's because they're bad. It's maybe because this situation that we don't know about is affecting them that much to the point where they might not be able to perform in a couple of weeks. Hopefully they're able to get things together and fix whatever's wrong, but like from what we've seen, if yeah, if if what they're talking about is as dra- as, as bad as they're saying, SK could win this based off the fact that they're just not in the mind right mindset, yeah, right? And but, like b- regardless of how the games end up, I just hope they're all okay. Exactly. Like, yeah. They've it sounded pretty drastic from how both Sam like Matthews serious. and Yamato have been talking about it on Twitter. So like, yeah, completely just regardless of who wins what, who's playing who. I just hope they're okay because like yeah. that would suck if one of them would like if there were to be something genuinely very wrong behind the scenes and like. As is the way with Fnatic, they have received their fair amount of shtick over the course of the split for their performance. Some of which has been justified. Mm-hmm. and some of which absolutely definitely has not if you're the kind of person who sends hate mm-hmm. to players on twitter you're gross and i don't like you yeah. like it just it sucks to think that there's been something else happening for however long it's been and that that's affected the like the fanatic that we've seen because that just it feels unfair regardless of the outcome of this series it will feel like an unfair series yeah no and i think it is also unfortunate that one of these two teams is going to go right like kind of first weekend because 
Like they're out the door, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because at at their peaks, again, like we've seen, you know, like you said, both of them are trending downwards, but both of them at their peaks have looked really, really good and have looked like teams that deserve a shot at, at, at getting a legitimate run at the playoffs. Like, no disrespect to Schalke because their beginning of the split was unbelievable. I want to see Broken Blade do well. I like Gilius. I like that whole squad. Um, but it, I, I, I'm not quite as convinced by them. I wouldn't be mad to see them mm-hmm. in the bottom um, and mm-hmm. see Escare Fnatic. People. And I, th- I think Fnatic, look, they, they have a culture where, like, maybe that's an unfair statement because they this iteration of the team has been together for so little time. But mm-hmm. I think if there's a team that could rally around whatever adversity is going on behind the scenes, it could be Fnatic. Yeah, mm-hmm. even purely just because Yamato gives the single best motivational speeches <laughs> oh, I've yeah. ever heard in yeah. my life. Yeah, true. If there's a guy who's going to get you through some stuff, it's going to be Yamato Cannon. Mm-hmm. But then again, if like if they can't pull it together, then it will be the equal... Once we fight... It's very hard to say, like oh, it's the responsibility of what's been going on behind, or oh, it's the responsibility of the fact this team doesn't gel because we have no idea whatever yeah. this thing is. And I don't want that to take away from the fact that this team does have some legitimate gameplay issues. Mm. But at the end That's of the day, if they, if they make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't. And there is nothing that any of us can do to change that, whether that be because of their gameplay issues, whether that be because of the problems that they've been having behind the scenes. We don't know. We can't comment on it. Goodbye, we'll see you in summer. That's just how yeah. it's got to be. To be like that. Um, all right, real quick, rookie of the split and MVP. Uh, before we get into everyone's favorite quiz show segment, which Meg has brought Hell back, uh, yeah. so very excited for that. For me to, you know, maybe win a set instead of losing everything <laughs> a half point to zero or however I've been losing them. But uh, <laughs> rookie of the split MVP. Do we have any uh, any spicy takes? I I'll throw out Trimby. I'll start for rookie of the split. I think he's been um, one of the best players on. Uh, one of on at times the best you know the second best team in Europe. I was gonna say at times the best team, but at at no point I don't think Rogue were the best team in Europe. I'm sorry, um, no flame to them. Just G two. No, I, I, I think at, at no point were Rogue the best team in Europe. I'm sorry, that's I, that's not even a controversial statement because G two okay. exists. That is no flame to Rogue because yeah, 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 yeah. because it has been G two S tier, Rogue A tier. Everybody else has occasionally poked their head out of B tier, only for them to just get whacked right back down. <laughs> Um, like whack right, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's it's whack a team that's gonna not get to the finals. Um, but <laughs> it's not quite the same ring to it, does it? Not quite. Yeah, it doesn't, we'll, we'll, doesn't roll off the tongue. We'll workshop that. <laughs> we'll workshop um, it. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think I think Trimby's been unbelievable, and especially given the the role that he's been asked to step into as um oh, God, as yeah. you know a a guy who plays playmaking champs. He's not like the main shot caller, but like he has really risen to the occasion. His teammates speak incredibly highly of him. Um, to you know, support is an, an incredibly an incredibly important role. Um, you know, the, the fact that Rogue went from a team that was just at Worlds and they think, you know what's going to get us to the next level? A rookie support. Because usually it's the opposite. Usually it's, okay, young, mechanically gifted AD carry and like a veteran support to just like rein him mm-hmm. in and, and guide mm-hmm. him and shape him. But they said the opposite and he's performed above uh, even the highest expectations that people had for him. Uh, so hats off to him. I think he gets rookie of the split. And that's and that's, a, that's also a bit of a tough call to make because the rookie class has been so strong. There have been so many phenomenal candidates. Yo, I'm going to tell you right now, my rookie of the split winner is going to be my boy Treats. Good shot. Mm-hmm. I think Good shot. Treats, like, we made a video on him and his journey going all the way to NA, back here, and, like, that the amount of perseverance he needed to do and the fact that he he does, like, affect his team in such a huge way, right? Mm-hmm. He's got, like... Um, he's leading in a couple of uh, really big stats, like I believe kill participation for sports. I think he has like an 80, so. 80 plus percent kill participation percentage above everybody in the league. He's a great aggressive player. He was evolved his game, um, his, and his teammates become... also speak incredibly highly of him. Like you remember yes, that Gen X yeah. interview? Yes, yes, yes. Just glowing yeah. like. Laura was Glowing like... Glowing reviews from everyone. Yeah. yeah. L- Laura was like, oh, like, what do you think? You know, like, she was just directing all the questions at Gen X, and he was like, yeah, bro, treats. Guy's God. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, um, I did a, um, I did an interview with Trimby this weekend for a content piece that is coming out um, probably before playoffs, we'll say that. I'm not sure specifically when it's going to be coming out, but I, um, one of the questions I asked him was kind of around the topic of Rookie of the Split. This guy genuinely spent about five minutes just telling me how amazing he thought Treats was. Mm. I was like, D- 
dude, that's I've well, I've asked you to explain why you think you're great, but it was so sweet because he's like he was like, Yeah, I think he's really good and like, I think he's really good with his team and I think he engages really well and I was like, You're adorable. I love you. But <laughs> and like, that's why he's winning rookie of the split. <laughs> and that's like yeah. when other players in the league are speaking like so highly of you, that's gotta count for yeah. something. And like unsolicited too. None of this yeah. has been solicited. I didn't ask him to talk about treats. He was just like, yes, yeah. now is my time. I will stand on my soapbox and I will talk to you about treats for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, Meg, are you, are you on the treats train as well? Um, I would, but um, for the sake of variety, I'm going to be the, the Pablo mouthpiece and I'm going to vote for my guy, mm-hmm. El Boja. He, okay. like, <laughs> when it comes to MVP being the most, like, not just the best performing, but... By the official definition of the term, the most valuable, I think... Actually. Actually, I think, like, it has to go to El Yoya because I think so much of him or Armut, who I don't think is eligible, but, um, like, those two have formed such a key part of Mad's playstyle. I spoke to... Pete, not Peter Dunn. There was a slip of the tongue. Uh, Mac earlier this year. And um, he was talking about how, like, they brought in these two players because they wanted to change up their playstyle. They wanted to have people who could take on multiple roles and they wanted to diversify their like damage portfolio. And I think Alioya has done exactly that. He's proven that he can kind of do it all for this team and he can really be a rock for them to lean on when like stuff isn't going so well in the lanes. So I think purely by most valuable, I don't think Mad would look anything like they currently do if they didn't have oh, yeah, no. Alioya. Mm-hmm. and to slide into what was previously such a tight-knit team, right? And then be like, oh, yep. yeah, we, we love these guys. Like, they were all best friends. And you slide yeah, someone yeah. in there, it's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, he's a homie. Yeah, Armut, can I go from an <laughs> entirely different region? Bet, we like this guy. We bros. He's a homie. It's um, cool. Okay, and then absolutely rapid fire. Everyone gets one sentence. Who's your MVP? Oh, boy. I'll start with Larson because I take the strict definition because I think that no one on G2 can win MVP because we have seen what they look like even without Reckless, even without some of their best performing players. They would still be the difference between them as they are and them without any one of their players is much smaller than Rogue without Larson, in my opinion. I say Reckless. He's having a nutty... Like, this was a nutty season. I think, like, because he ended with a double-digit KDA. Mm-hmm. And the last time... The That's last stupid. person to do that... The last person to do that was Reckless in 2018. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna give it to Reckless. He 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 made a G2 debut for the ages. I think that he's been, and he has the least deaths in the league. Like, what on ADC? Like, that's that sure is on something. ADC, least amount of deaths in the league with the highest KDA. That's hype. Right. Meg, what else do you want? Uh, I'm gonna throw out a controversial one. Um, Oduamne because he is just such a precious bunch for his team, and he enables inspired to do so much across the map and he is such a sturdy and reliable player that i think he deserves to be mvp and also the memes of odo i no mvp were funny and i feel like we need to get justice <laughs> for our boy justice I, justice for odo I, I think that's a, a good shout as well even just by the, the strict definition of value that is uh, I, I i can get behind that all right to meg yes. we go let's let's set up the hank redemption tour here before we end this half of the pod it's time for the quiz so yes let me actually find my quiz first okay so this quiz i have three questions and they are all based around one champion and that champion is seraphine midlane so my first question is which region played seraphine mid first was it the lec or the lcs now with this we are going off from the start like from the start of each league individually because obviously the lcs started a little bit before the lec so like no a little bit after so like it wouldn't match up exactly so i'm talking about which week which region i've kind of like scrambled this in my brain do you guys get what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. in which so. region was it picked in an earlier week in an earlier week yeah so like week six of spring even though it was the most recent one for na would be considered the Before. same as week six in the LEC. Okay, okay. We're purely talking oh. about it weeks gone from the start. We may have to edit this out and refilm it because I've done a terrible job of explaining this. No, I think I get it. Uh, okay, well, okay then... well, explain to Tyler because Tyler's say... very confused. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of which region would... Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm just going to say we, we, saw, we saw Seraphine mid in the LEC first. 
I'm actually going to say LCS if it's strictly by definitions of week because like week one of LCS is week four of LEC or whatever. So I'm just going to say LCS. I'm going to roll my dice on the math. Uh, you're both wrong. It was picked in both regions. It was picked in week four. Oh. <laughs> man, like, look, man. <laughs> look, look. Go to the next question, man. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, anyway, so... This is, what I'm this is what I'm saying, Hank. This is what so, I'm saying, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. This is going to be the last episode you see for the <laughs> podcast, guys. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, keep going, dude. Okay, so question two. Who <laughs> were the two mid laners that picked it? One oh, in Christ, LEC, dude. one in LCS. And this counts as two points. Or was it Niski and Niski? <laughs> Why you? Oh, you want you want to play this game? Let's tussle. Oh, I don't know, man. This is gonna be. So this is question two and three. So you have two opportunities to redeem yourself here. So first one is the LCS one. So yeah. one question is the LCS, uh, LCS so, and the other question. First is the LEC. question: Who picked an LCS? Second question: Who picked it in LEC? And this is specifically in the mid lane. Can I lock in my LEC one? You can. Okay, I'm going to say it. You want to do LEC first? Uh, wait, so is, is it who's picked it, period? Is there only one person in each region that has picked it? Or no, it's who, it who is the person who picked it first? Picked it first. Um, okay, I'm still going to say Niski. Okay. In the LEC. LCS. Mm. This is tough. This is weird. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to press like... you for answers, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Poe, LCS, and then. Oh, Nesky makes sense though. <laughs> I mean, you, you can. You can have the same answer. It's not against the rules. Okay, fine. I'll take Nesky for LEC, but I'll say Poe. Okay. Um, Hank, what are we going for LCS? LCS. I'm gonna say insanity. Uh, you were both right on LEC, but it was Jensen that first picked it in the LCS. I was going to say Jensen! Same. I had Jensen in I, my freaking... We both debated ourselves. Oh my gosh. We both broke our I was own like, ankles. Jensen. Does Jensen... Did Jensen play her? Oh, I'm so angry. He played her into, I believe, TSM. Oh, I'm big mad. God, I'm so sad. Okay. Okay. Right, so that's a big one point for each of you. We're, we're slowly moving on up there. I have no idea who is currently winning, but it's not me because I have to watch you guys get this wrong every single week. God. <laughs> so bad. I, I had Jensen right there. I, I think Tyler still got the overall lead uh, if this week was a wash. Uh, so I think that's it for us. Yes, wait, you, that, was, that was questions two and three, yes? Yes, that was questions two and three. You're done. Okay. You're good. You don't have to do this anymore. It's okay. I, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, we're not going to be flipping a coin to decide who was the uh, the winner here. But, um, yeah, we're going to take it to uh, a break. And when we come back, we will have LCS coverage featuring another special guest to be determined in a sec. Big thank you to Meg. She's going to hop out and do actual important things that don't involve just talking to a camera and just stroking our <laughs> amigos. Um, but, yeah, we will uh, do this. We'll be back next week, obviously. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for being here. This is part two of the Critical Strike Podcast, episode 14, with a fresh face you may, whose, well, I guess whose face maybe you do or don't recognize, although they do get those uh, snazzy new profile pictures a while back on the Dots site. Uh, but he manages the power rankings, uh, watches a bunch of LCS and a whole bunch of other regions as well. But we brought him on for the second half for the LCS. Uh, it's Michael Kelly. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, Hank. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right into it. Uh, Banger 2-3 matchups in both regions uh, as far as the uh, Western regions are concerned. So I think let's start there because we are a little scrunched for time here, uh, relatively speaking. So let's talk about TSMTL because that is the one that has, I think, the, the highest volatility. Everything else you could kind of, well, I mean, maybe the 5-6, but eh, loser's bracket. We'll go that second, I think. Uh, TSM versus Team Liquid. Look, TL have the, uh, or TSM rather, have the 2-0 over TL. But TL have looked like they have righted the ship a little bit granted they're you know i mean but like and they did beat three other playoff teams in week six they beat dig they beat eg and they beat 100 thieves so they feel like they have some uh momentum coming into this you know whereas tsm got to beat up on immortals and golden guardians lost to eg to start the split or to end the split i should say uh mike am i reading too much into these final week results no you're not uh tl is on a hot streak they have won five of their last six games and the one game they lost 
was against a team that won't even be in playoffs, CLG. So TL has really nothing to worry about right now. Obviously, let's not read the best of one results like they're the end-all, be-all. But in my opinion, TL should walk into this matchup against TSM with a little bit of confidence. I know TSM owns the head-to-head, -head, but TL is a team that's built for best of fives. You have guys up and down this roster that have best of five experience since day one. This TL roster is <clears throat> really, really good. And not mm -hmm. to mention, they won a couple best of fives earlier in the year when they won the lock-in tournament. So, yeah, I have stock in TL. I do think it'll be a close series, but TL should not be holding their heads down low coming into the series. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt through the series because one of the biggest problems for TL, obviously, it's been talked about the entire season, is their inability to push their crazy early game into success. They have one of the, they have like, what, almost like a 2,000 gold um, average goal difference at 15 minutes. That's insane. But then their record doesn't really seem like a team with a 2,000 gold average goal difference at 15. Like, it's been a big problem for them to be able to translate that early game into a successful mid to late game, whereas TSM's kind of the, like, anti of that, where they've had really, really good mid to late game transitions. And I think they're actually, like, the second, uh, according to, um, I think it's Oracle's, Oracle's Elixir, they have the second best mid to late game rating behind Dignitas. So it'll be interesting to see because it's not a best of one. There's a, 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 a like there's chances there for TL to adjust on the fly. And we don't know how these teams, their ability to adjust on the fly just yet, especially since these are very different forms from the beginning of the season where we saw them in the lock-in tournament. Um, and so we will see. I think that TL does have a lot of like their ceiling is really, really high when it comes to best of five series. When you see guys like Alfari and, and, and Santorin and, and and the rest of the lineup in general is just it's just jam packed with playoff experience based players. Um, and then with TSM, you have a guy like Lost, for example, who's coming in fresh faced and might need a bit of time to warm up. And so this is kind of throwing them into the fire against TL in this kind of sense, but. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think that TL has shown a lot of inconsistency. Um, and they've made a lot, like, Tactical has made so many just unforced errors that just don't make sense to me. He's honestly underwhelmed me a lot this season, uh, Tactical. Uh, I think that he he came in with a ton of, of hype, but, like, almost every game he's made, like, a silly positional like position mistake that like has cost his team something. Um, I remember, there's a clip of Double Lift watching. Oh, I can't remember who who uh, TL was facing, but like uh, but with tacticals in the top lane, and then he gets hit with like a Nico binding or something, and all you hear is tactical. Oh yeah. Stop trolling me! And then yeah, like it was so funny because he's just been oh, camera there. <laughs> and, and and it's so funny because I feel like Tactical is done. Like I remember the fa their their game against TSM. Didn't he get caught out twice by Poe on Syndra, like randomly in the top in the mid lane? It's like yep. that's not necessary. And I feel like that's happened a lot with TL this season. It's just unforced errors that cost them. Yeah, and it dates back to the beginning of the season too. I mean, even in their first game, literal first game of the regular <laughs> season against Immortals, it was you know the writing was on the wall. When oh, they start, right, they start right, the right. season zero and one, and they're <laughs> losing to these teams that they should not be losing to, and they're making mistakes that they should not be making. If if TL is going to lose this series, I know I know TSM is is the favorite in terms of like bracket, but in my eyes, TL has the best of five experience that's necessary because really the the main way to win a best of five is to have players who have been there before, and four out of five members on this TL roster have competed in a best of five on the international stage, while all five of them have been in a best of five before, dating back to last year's domestic schedule. So really, I think TL is a, a personal favorite of mine. I, th I think they will find success in this series. Will they win? That's that's still debatable. Like I said, it's going to be close, 3-2 either yeah, way. I can see this, this series going all the way. And I, I think that if TL's going to lose, I think they're going to lose because of themselves. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a big yeah. thing, is that TL will lose because they make mistakes like like that weren't needed. That weren't, like, whether they're, you know, getting over-aggressive or they're extending too far out or they're just getting caught out. I think that that's going to be what we need to look out for TL. 
um, because that's been the theme. It's just they make these silly mistakes that end up costing them big. And it's just, it's flabbergasting to watch these guys because they just dominate the early game. And it's like, geez, how, is it, how are these teams going to come back? And suddenly, oh, Tactically gets caught out. Oh, they mispositioned in the team fight a little bit. Oh, they pushed too hard and then they tower dove and suddenly they gave up two kills. It's like, come on, boys. Like, come on now. You're better than that. Yeah. And I think on the one hand, you could argue that, okay, that might be encouraging because those feel like easier mistakes to fix. Like we said, like we've kind of been alluding to TL, it feels like has a higher ceiling because it's like, okay, well, if you just like, you've got the better, you know, fingers and coordination or whatever. But if you keep shooting yourself in the foot like this a team like tsm who are no pushovers who have beat you twice already this year and at, we're at one point maybe you know, we're looking like the best team in the split for like a hot seg right as cloud nine started their little downturn tsm was kind of peaking they at their ceiling are very good but i i think i would agree with uh you know mike and tyler that it feels like tl have a little bit of a higher ceiling if nothing else because the best of five experience um i think you know jensen is an absolute rock uh, in the mid lane i think that, you know, Core JJ is still a very good shot caller. They have a legitimate carry threat, finally, in Alfari in the top lane. And I feel like they've learned how to kind of play around that, whether they put him on, uh, you know, I, th I think the GP game he did fine on, um, you know, on the, um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Redacted, he always plays and plays really well. They seem to have, again, it's it's one thing to have a bunch of carry options. It's another thing to, like we were saying, that, that TL's mid-game decision-making has been a bit suspect. Sometimes that comes out in what do we play around? Right, what do we play around? And if Alfar is just gonna like, you know, turbo stomp Hooney in lane a couple times, you would hope that they'd be like, okay, yeah, this is our this is our guy. Um, this is an Alfari game, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. An, it's an Alfari game, boys. It's like it's like TFT, right? You see what the game gives you, and you play that. And if it's not working, you pivot to something else. Uh, but I, I think um, I think it will be close though, because I do think that those mistakes don't just correct themselves overnight. There's only a one week. Uh, there's no gap, right? The first round is. Uh, in this this coming weekend actually do they even play hold up okay um because the first round is this week but do they play this weekend yeah yeah, saturday yeah. And, saturday both, and both winners brackets yep. uh, saturday and sunday yeah okay they yep. play on sunday yep and then the losers brackets will go uh from there okay so yes. uh yes. final predictions for this one tsm tl three two three two tsm okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna side with tyler i think tsm will barely eke it out but i would not be stunned in the slightest if tl takes it you know by a hair like you said alfari is the man to watch that alfari huni matchup should be really fun to keep an eye on and i think that particular lane matchup might be the deciding factor dude this is gonna be such a close here this is such a good, this is gonna be such a good series to watch like this is the the, the primo pasta yeah yep. exactly exactly mm-hmm no, this one's gonna be a ton of. I'm, I'm gonna actually say three one TL. I have uh, I have immense confidence in them. I think TSM. Right. I think the experience will win out for TL. I think that Alfari will make mincemeat of Huni in the top lane. <laughs> oh come um, on, brother! Uh, if, if they if they leave him on a weak side island, sure maybe, but then like you know then Alfari isn't able to snowball whatever lead or whatever. But I think that their macro is good enough to where they can make up for that. I don't think that lost. You know, I think lost. He's not going to expose tactical, right? Like we talked about, tackle is just going to expose himself. Like the mid lane matchup will be what it'll be, right? We know what TSM wants to do. They want to get to the late game. And if they survive that long, then PoE is just going to play some hyperscaler and win you the game. But I think if TL can figure out those mid game mistakes, which I have faith that they will, that they will be able to build themselves a bridge and get to the late game, then whatever hyperscale they put PoE on won't even be a problem. So that is that is my take. But let's move it to the top. The top. Uh, match i guess the the one four i don't know why i phrase it that way c900 thieves 100 thieves have looked better they have righted the ship a little bit they put ryoma mm -hmm. on um you know just control mage duty which if it works it works i suppose uh but it's it's still the fbi show um and i don't do, do you guys believe in this 100 thieves uh. team i don't know so here, do you believe that that sounds flaming do you believe in this 100 thieves team against cloud nine I mean, mm. I'll, my answer is no. I'll I'll play. <laughs> okay, well that's straightforward <laughs> enough. I'll, yeah. I'll play. Um, I'll I'll play voice of reason here and say that um, the last time these two teams played in the best of five, uh, hundred thieves jumped out to a two zero lead in the lock in tournament before Cloud Nine came roaring back to reverse sweep them, and obviously that was you know eons ago at this point. But it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a good, um, I guess, litmus test for what we're about to witness this weekend. Do I think 100 Thieves is as good 
as they were back then? Maybe. But the real answer is Cloud9 has gotten better. Just, you know, throw the, the three or four game losing streak out the window. This Cloud9 team is still, in my opinion, the team to beat in the LCS. And frankly, to answer your question, Hank, I, I don't see um, this 100 Thieves team providing that challenge. I, I don't see this 100 Thieves team, you know, taking down Cloud9 or even taking them to the point that they did two months ago. Yeah, it's... See, the thing is, for me, I think that 100 Thieves looked so good at the beginning of the split because they were coming in with four of the five same teammates. I think that that existing kind of connection between those four guys who came over from Golden Guardians helped push them, whereas other r rosters, even Cloud9, were still trying to figure this themselves out a little bit. You know? Let's be real, right? Yep. When Cloud9 first came into this season... They didn't look as strong because they were still trying to figure out how they want to play around with perks, how they want to play with fudge. They they were still kind of feeling out the water. They looked good, but they weren't. They didn't look as good as now. And I think that a hundred thieves, they looked really really good in the beginning of the season because I think they had a jump start on building that kind of synergy together. But once the rest of the teams caught up in terms of getting to know the, each other's playstyles and things like that, then specific issues within 100 Thieves' playstyle started to be started to pop up a little more because they couldn't just rely on that existing synergy to push them to victories. And I think that Cloud9, like you said, has only gotten better. And we all expected Cloud9 to be a top 1-2 team in the, in the league. And they're not number 2 anymore. For me, I think this, uh, this series will come down to draft, honestly. Um, for... For the last couple of weeks, Cloud9 has been proving that they have immense champion pools. Bla mm -hmm. Blabber, in particular, mm -hmm. stands out as a guy who, if you ban him out, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll go play Rek'Sai or something. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Or Jarvis. You can't really ban him out. It doesn't matter. And Perks is the same way. I mean, Perks and led that, the that's lead. three fewer picks that you throw to either one of those guys. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. And you have guys up and down this roster who can bust out so many champs. Sven can play Ezreal whenever he wants. Perks can play LeBlanc whenever he wants. It doesn't matter what you ban. It doesn't matter what you pick away. This Cloud9 team will have an answer. I wouldn't be stunned in the slightest if Cloud9 comes back with some like weird, unique pick. I mean, Perks is receiving pretty heavy nerfs to a lot of his most played champions. Azir, mm -hmm. in particular, is falling out of favor, so he could step up and play something weird and obscure. Blabber is always due for a weird pick, and Really, we haven't seen the full extent of what this Cloud9 team is capable of doing, and I think a lot of that will come down to its drafting ability. Y'all want to hear something wild? What? Tell me. 100 Thieves top laner someday. Bottom three in KDA, kill participation, kill share, and death percentage. Bottom three amongst top laners. In, in Wait, repeat that? Bottom three in... Bottom three in kill participation at 60%. Kill share, okay. bottom three, huh. 15%. Death percentage, I guess I guess top three, uh, 24%. Uh, that has been kind of, I think, a bit of the reason even that, like, you, if you want to talk about, like, the problems in the mid lane, fine. DeMontaire, Ryoma, like, I, 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 I think, to me, it was more a symptom of, the meta and like Tristana becoming a thing that you would pick into Twisted Fate and that Demonte like um I was just gonna make a CB low reference but that doesn't matter like there's there's one team that's like really really good and like got on a late season search because they just put their mid laner on like Galio duty or just like high press TP on cooldown and just dive people duty and it's been working mm -hmm. fantastically for them which is sort of what Hundred Thieves were doing but it's just like all been the FBI tree but you have one of the best top laners in the LCS and it feels like he is being underutilized it feels like a little bit of what in my opinion I mean this is not a perfect comparison but to me it feels like Team Liquid kind of figured that out of like, wait, we've got so many buttons we can push. Alfari, <laughs> we've got the best top laner in the league. What do we? Why, why not use this guy? Tackle's not having a great split. So what? Right? We have top. You have other tools, position, right? Yeah. And then it's like, but the, for Hunter Thieves, it's like if FBI doesn't work out, if you know Demonte Sashrayama is getting stomped in lane, or like, but it's like, and you just someday is not being utilized, and that I think the one dimension. You want to talk about one dimensionality for one team, and like Mike was saying, multi dimensionality for another. This hundred, this hundred thieves cloud nine matchup feels like a disaster. Mm. So I, I like I as far as prediction, I, I think I think cloud nine could three zero this. I'm going to say three zero cloud nine. They are they are head and shoulders above hundred thieves. Yeah, I'm there with you. Three zero cloud nine for me. 
Yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it uniform. I'm gonna say that they sweep them. I, I don't want to be the guy that goes three one because they have the possible. No, I think that Cloud Nine is just way better than them in almost every regard. Yeah, like. Yep. Yeah, and I think again, it's not that Hunter Thieves couldn't take a game off them. They could, but it just feels like teams whose trajectories, starting with getting reverse swept in the lock-in tournament, have kind of just gone one like way. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right? And Cloud Nine. 2 of them this year, and both those wins looked really, really, really dominant. Like, yeah. they're just kind of breathing different oxygen. 100 Thieves are a very good team. <laughs> they deserve to be where they are. They're a top-four team in the LCS for sure. Uh, I think they'll beat whoever they draw in the loser's bracket, uh, which I guess in this case would be uh, they go EG, right? No, Dig. Um, or is it Dig? If, if 100, yeah, Dig, uh, Dig. Whoever, dig. whoever loses this goes to play Dig. So. Yeah. Um, and even yeah. then, that matchup's kind of... Yeah, actually, okay. So then, so then, let's talk about these bottom two teams, uh, Dignitas and Evil Geniuses. And I think the standings kind of got it right as far as if we're just kind of listing a one through six. I think that it's it's not too unfair here. But EG will play either the loser of the TSMTL and Dig will play on next Sunday, the twenty eighth, uh, the loser of the Hundred Thieves Cloud Nine series. Let's say it's Hundred Thieves just for the sake of argument. Um, uh, I'll pose it to uh, I'll pose it to Tyler this time. EG limped a bit not really limped in the playoffs like they've just been kind of limping and like unattaching their own leg using it to just beat people over the <laughs> head like they've been wild all year uh which for entertainment value if nothing else i want to see them make a run i feel like their ceiling might be a little higher than dig just because i think over the course of the season i've seen them beat more top teams i've seen them you know mm. i think i think dignitas no flame to them because again they've been an absolute joy to watch Fake God and Saligo, their revenge tours have been unbelievable. Dardock is one of the best junglers in the league. That's not a controversial statement. Which, Neo. Which is, which is a statement that if you, if, if you would have told me I'd be saying that, like, really seriously, at the beginning of this split, you would have looked at me like I have three heads. You would have let, not <laughs> let me host this show, and rightfully so. But I still think that Evil Genius is in a best of five. I I, I think they could be the ones to. I, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to make a finals run or anything, but if, if one of these two teams did, I think it would be EG. Mm, yeah, I think that <sighs> I want to root for Dig. Yeah, so of course. badly. I mean, just their entire story in general, especially with all of the talk of imports and all this stuff to have a full North American team really pop off. But like you said, I don't think they've beaten anybody sides for TSM. They haven't beaten any of the C9 TL uh, um, and 100 Thieves group. They haven't beat those guys. They've only beaten Combined like oh six against those teams. Yeah, so you know, I'm not trying to say that they were that they they're kind of like the the gatekeepers of NA in terms of the second the the top half of the league, but it feels a little bit like that because everyone is hot, pop, popping off. It's like oh my gosh, they 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 they're on this huge run. They beat TSM, but when it comes down to it, they aren't going to. They haven't been able to beat those the, the teams that are on clearly a different level. Um, EG on the other hand is very confusing to me. Um, yes. I don't, th- I I don't know how to, what to expect from this team because they've been very inconsistent in terms of they look really good one day and then kind of mediocre on another. Um, want to hear something and- wild real quick? Okay, <laughs> yeah. that I think speaks to your point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, EG against again, this is just head to heads, best of ones. Take it with a grain of salt, but uh. Against 100 Thieves, Cloud9, TLTSM, against the top four, they've split with every single one of those teams, one-on-one. Nice. But they have four wins against the top four teams. There are some top four teams who don't have four wins against top four teams. It's really, like, really weird. Yeah. I, I, just I think don't know. I, I think they've got a higher ceiling, and I think the best of ones I, do bear that out to a degree. Who who, who are they who are they facing again? If, who uh, The TLTSM uh, matchup, right? Yeah. So whoever loses that matchup, they will face off against EG. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of that kind of sucks, but that's what you get for getting the sixth seed, right? That's the way like the structure <laughs> shakes out. Is that you're gonna get two, three, not hundred thieves because EG hundred thieves. I think that would be closer. I think hundred thieves would still win out, but I think that could go to five games. I wouldn't be shocked if EG won that. I think whoever comes out of that TSM TL, um, I think again there will be one. I think there'll be one cheese game, three one. I don't think it's a coward's prediction, but I think Evil Jesus <laughs> will still lose to whoever comes out of TMTSL or TLTSM. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there with you. I think right now Dignitas is a team that I look at and I don't get too excited for the reasons we just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, they have 11 wins. That's a pretty good number to have uh, after one split. 11-7 and seven is a good record for the LCS. Um, but when we look at who they performed against, 
they beat every team they were supposed to beat, and they lost to every team they were supposed to lose to, which is why they are exactly in the middle of the standings. So to me, betting it all on Dignitas feels like this this false narrative. I just don't I don't love the team because they will get cut down by a top team, by a top four team. They could take EG in a best of five, but in my opinion, they, they don't hold a candle to the TSM, Cloud9, TL, even 100 Thieves group. Um, right now, Dignitas just feels like the weaker of those two options. That's why I like EG in a potential miracle title run scenario. Um, I, I like the idea of EG getting on a hot streak because this team is very streaky. Um, and if they pick now, the, the time period between now and April 10th, to just flip the on switch and go off and just full send it to the finals, anything can happen. I, 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 you know, I don't really want to shy away from EG just getting hot, putting all the cards on the table and winning the, not winning the LCS, but winning a few best of fives. They've shown that they have the chops to stack up to these top teams, and I would not be really shocked at all if they made a decent run. Dude, on a good day, I think EG, yeah. Because you said they're streaky. If they get on a good streak, they can take a top team to five games, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean like everyone like they had the talent alone on this roster with Peter Dunn at the helm. Like impact, he had he has been monstrous. He has been a top three top laner. He is a legitimate carry threat. Jazuke, right? I mean he's he's a bit of a coin flip sometimes, but on the right champions, he can be absolutely insane. His mechanics are mm-hmm. very very good. Uh, Sven Skeren is one of the most experienced and again just quietly consistent players in the LCS. Uh, definitely is very good in the bottom lane, and Ignore is one of the best supports in the league. Again, can be right. The ceiling I think is really really high on EG. Uh, we've kind of been saying, you know, more or less the, the same thing. I'm glad I'm glad we're all in agreement. Although I mean, it doesn't make for horribly exciting uh, podcast <laughs> content, but I don't know. Any uh, as, as we wrap up here, we're, we're about at that time. Any, anything? Any spicy takes you got? Any just kind of looking forward down the line at, at these as these playoffs would progress out? Um, I don't know. G- give me your give me your finals matchup. Uh, g- g- yeah, give me give me a finals matchup and uh, a a prediction and a dark horse. Um, how about that? How about this? Uh, mm. I'm gonna say TSM gets to the finals. Okay. I think TSM and I think it's TSM and C9 this this year. I don't think that's a terribly hot take, but I think that. This is like one of the first times in a long time that I've looked at TSM and been like, I have full, tr- I have pretty a pretty good sense of how this team is gonna be. And the last couple of years, it's been very like, maybe, eh, I don't know. But this year, it feels because obviously it's a new team, whatever. Uh, they look like they've gotten not only a, a, an identity, a team identity. They feel it feels like they 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 have this kind of like game plan set and ready to go. Whereas other years, I feel like sometimes they they shift and sh- like just they they default to passive gameplay later in the game, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's kind of that meme, right? Where it's just TSM pass like pa- like the passiveness of TSM. But this team feels like they have a team identity that I think that they can ride all the way to the finals. So C9, so C9 TSM is your is your finals. What do you what do you think? Do you think TSM can take it or no? I, I like TSM C9 in the finals. I think it's a close series. Um, I'm more partial to Cloud9 just because I think they're a better team. I'll take C9 three two in the finals. C9 goes to MSI and man, we'll go from there. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're the faces. But <laughs> oh dude, the rest of the, the rest of the world is so good right now. It's it's so <laughs> scary to sit here and talk about LCS Yo. playoffs and know what's waiting on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. I mean, I I love debating like, oh man, EG, look at this team, and then you realize yeah, we're like, talking about EG, like, what? <laughs> you realize a couple thousand miles that way. Damwon is just sitting there like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, whoa, okay, wait a minute, guys. Nah, yo, it's that, like, Damwon's going to roll up. Like, you know 50 said in that Jeffrey rolls up in the convertible oh, yeah. and he goes, and he goes, and he just drive away. Just, just like, floors it. Just floors like, it. Like, we're talking about EG. We're talking about 100 Thieves. Like, boy, we're, we're about to get hurt. We're gonna about to get stopped when we go to MSI. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I think Cloud9, if they do go... Mm-hmm. They stand a chance, but oh my god, these are the top teams in every region. 
Yeah. We talking about Damwon G2? No, sir. Like, no, sir, Bob, it's, man. It's a tough ask for sure. And, yeah, and and it's unfortunate because I do think that Cloud9 on paper do have like the best shot of, at taking it to an international team of any team we would send. I actually think of the top three, TSM have the least potential because while I do think they're a very good team, their macro is good, you know, and they have a good shot caller and sword art. They play, you know, just very, their fundamentals have been good, like kind of Tyler was alluding to, like for the first time in a long time, you, you kind of know what you're getting out of TSM, but that has never worked and understandably so uh, at international places. I do think that the only gap I worry about if uh, if C9 were to go, like, let's imagine, like, fudge Top against lane? fudge against Nuggery. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, again, and this is not to flame fudge because God knows he's been through it and he's been he's been playing way, way better. Uh, yes, you know, he, he's he, improved. he has been phenomenal. He's, he's a big part of the reason that Cloud9 have improved. Yes, they've been gelling more, but you can't just feed the fish against Cloud9. You can't just like, let's just camp the beep out of fudge and just watch people like just win the game through one lane. Um, but oh my goodness, yeah. But whereas I think, you know, Alfari stands a chance, right? Huni does not. But I think Alfari absolutely does stand a chance. And I think that, you know, again, there are no weaknesses on TL. But I think that, again, that bot lane is going to have to step up. Otherwise, um, you're going to get Jackie loved into the ground if TS comes out of that in the LPL, <laughs> right? Um, the bot laners in the LCK would eat him alive in his current form. In his last year form? Sure. Different conversation. But in mm-hmm. his current form, I think he'd get eaten alive. Um, but I do think that Cloud9 probably have the best shot. I'm going to say... I'm going to say C9TL in the finals. Um, okay. And yeah. I... I don't know. I, th- I think... I think I think TL are going to take it 3-2. Oof. Um, okay. But I, I think, see. again, that that worries me a little bit for MSI because I think on balance, I would rather have C9 and MSI. If nothing else, just because I think they deserve to go to MSI just based on what happened last year. Um the fact that they played how they did last year in in like the spring especially and we didn't see an international event of any kind mm-hmm. bit of a bummer uh but them's yeah. the them's the breaks i suppose um yeah all right well all right that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for being here watching and listening to the critical strike podcast yes, yes. uh episode 14 uh a little lcs lec primer for the playoffs which again the lcs playoffs start in a few days whereas the lec playoffs start in a few days plus a week so we'll be back with more kind of lec focused content a little bit later as we dive into that but in a little lcs recap reaction sort of deal to the first round which are going to kick off on saturday and sunday uh the yeah the, the 30 no the 23rd yeah i think that one anyway i'm gonna stop yeah. saying dates before i know uh <laughs> I don't know what they are. Uh, big thank you to Mike uh, for being here. Really do appreciate his presence, yes, his insight, uh, his bant, and his uh, his lovely shining face as well. Big thank you to Tyler. Uh, thank you to everyone else that lets us do this. Uh, for Michael Kelly, for Tyler Segura, for Meg K, who was on previously, uh, you can catch us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and, oh no, I usually get Pocket Casts. Google Play. There it is. There it is. Okay, well, it, it was going okay. to happen almost, almost, almost. Uh, but Yeah, on the YouTube as well. So, yeah, hit us up at Crit Strike Pod uh, on Twitter and then on YouTube, the Critical Strike Podcast. We've got our own channel. Trying to build that out. We'd really appreciate a like, a subscribe on any platform yes. you use, et cetera. This is we. not just stroking our ego so we can say to our friends, oh, I have a, pod- <laughs> I have a five-star podcast. No, it helps us. Yeah. It helps just us grow, and it helps us bring y'all uh, more content as well. So, for everyone I've mentioned, I've been Henrique Damore. Thank you for being here, and we'll be back next week.